When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This show is brought to you by FanBooks.com, the only social network dedicated to football fans. Sign up now and play our free predictor competition with one and a half grand up for grabs every week. Play against fellow listeners at bit.ly slash Spurs FanBooks. That's FanBooks spelled F-A-N-B-O-O-K-Z. gentlemen you the listener this is the one man you all want to see at our live show bless him he's here he's joining us please welcome jimmy green Yes, those were the days, lads. Well, that was a bit of a damp squib, wasn't it? <laughs> Could have made more effort. Great for Spurs, this bloke, you know. Hello, <laughs> no, Jimmy, great. Thank you for coming on uh, to this special live uh, show. And welcome to the Spurs show. My name is Phil Cornwell. I'm saying that because it's sort of on the radio, this, isn't it, Theo? It is. This is Theo. It's a radio is, show. It's like a radio show, isn't it? And all that lot. On the, on the computer and all that. That's it. It's all electric anyway. This is Theo Delaney, and this is Mike Lee. Good evening, everyone. Hello out there. Good evening. Hello, Theo. Sorry, you were going to say something. No, (laughs) I've got nothing to say at all. And you are the audience, and we love you, and thank you for coming. Yes! We've got a live audience. And we have Mr. James Peter Greaves here. Notice I used the middle name there, Jimmy, you know. I'm right, aren't I? I'm right, I'm right. Um, Do you know... 
I mean, at the moment, before we look back on your time at Spurs, um, it is customary on this show to look at the present side. (laughs) If you're that way inclined, you know. Um, What do you think? I mean, what do you think? Do you watch? You still watch much football? Uh, Not as much as um, everybody would expect that I do. So, uh, (laughs) uh, but I watch it. I mean, what about the present Tottenham team, mate? Um, yes. What well, about, what about... Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a little I, bit... I, I've got to be honest, uh, it, it's not the best side in the world, is it? We've got to accept that. I mean, that's, uh, that goes without saying. But, of course, you know, I'm going to say that because, as you know, it, it is my opinion, I played for one of the greatest ever teams the world's ever seen. Yeah, well, that would be right. Yeah, well, that would be right. I mean, that's yeah, true. Well, no, in, as a club in, side, in, yeah. In 1960 to 63, when we had the double winning side and, and the FA Cup and the Cup Winners' Cup, I, I think we were probably the best team in the world at that particular time. So, you know, you, could, you can't argue with that. No, that, look at the So trophies. it's been downhill ever since. Well, it was always going to be. Mike, Mike, I mean, we just, you're talking, I mean, a terrific performance against Palace. <laughs> Well, let's get current. Yeah, can we, sorry, can yeah. we just turn the air con? Because I think the air con is sort of blowing... Sounds like we're in the, we're we're at the beach here. We're at the sea. We're at sea. We're can everyone hear edge. okay? Yeah. Everyone can hear? We're, everyone can hear out there? It's yeah? like we're on a cruise okay. ship Fine. together. <laughs> what fun that would it's be if weird we all... up here. This is sort of going on. But you that's can all hear. That's important. Okay, fine. You can always hear the air con when I'm on, Mike. Well, <laughs> well like, normally every week, Jimmy, we, we obviously talk about the last games. I mean, do, do, you, do you watch many Spurs get everyone on TV? Do you watch stuff uh, anymore? I, I don't watch Tottenham in particular. I watch the odd game, yeah. to be honest. I'm not, I've got to be truthful, I'm not the greatest football fan. Uh, but you liked playing the game, didn't you? Yeah. Well, was I, a... I, I never watched football. Yeah. When, when I was a young boy, I never watched football. I played it all the time. That was the, that was the name of the game. I've never supported, lads, I've never supported anyone in my life. And I, I really haven't. Um, as, as a supporter, uh, naturally I recognise my days at Tottenham as being my greatest days. And uh, mm. it was, it was yeah. wonderful. It, it was absolutely wonderful to, to play for the club and to achieve what we achieved. It, it, it was but I've never actually been a supporter of football. Um, rather, yeah, you'd rather play than watch it. I could understand it. If I could play like you, I would probably be the same. Well, actually, yeah. it's true, isn't it? Yeah. But Theo, we need to um, obviously uh, very, very quickly before we talk about Jimmy's career uh, address the last couple of performances. Yeah, yeah. Come uh, on, let's no goal scored, three conceded, uh, one uh, point. Yeah. Very poor. I went to Chelsea. Mm. Spurs, as we all know, were good for 15 minutes. And then just, they didn't seem to have any real belief. And it all sort of unraveled in the usual way. But bad mistakes. And then they, they didn't look like they believed they, they could get anything after that first 15 minute spell. Maybe if they scored, it would have been different. But Palace was much worse. Palace, they were. It was back to square one. It was like, yeah, yeah dreadful. It was, like, it was like Stoke. It was like Newcastle, West Brom. We've seen it all before. And as the game went on, the team got worse, I thought. And I thought in the last 10 minutes, they looked really clueless. I mean, they were giving the ball away. They had no ideas at all. And I think, you know, looking at it, you just think, 
what we have to understand, I, I think we've all been sitting there thinking, how come these teams like Stoke, Newcastle, West Brom, Palace, that these inferior sides come and, and they outplay us? I think suddenly, I think we've all got to own up. They're not inferior sides. They've all yeah. got players that would stroll into our team. It's funny. We're just not on that level. Funny you should sort of mention Palace, Theo, because it was my last game for Tottenham. I got dropped after that. <laughs> uh, never got back. Really? Is that, yeah. is, what never got back. Palace, uh, a recurring theme. So, uh, yeah, that's 50 years or 40 odd years ago. Yeah, not so. quite 50, not quite. So well, oddly enough, it was the first game I ever went to was Tottenham Palace. So, Palace keep coming up. They're like a. There's a pattern yeah. Like a bad penny. Yeah. A, yeah. 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 Um, but, do, I mean, talking about strikers, obviously, because you're here, Jimmy, I mean, you know, a, a, a lot of listeners and fans out there will be banging on for years that we haven't addressed the forward situation for a long time. I mean, off the top of my head, the last great goal score we had was what, Berbatov? Berbatov, Keen, Defoe, that sort of trio, mm. um, which is a few years ago, and we just haven't addressed it. And any team needs someone like yourself who can put the ball in the net. Even when a game's tight, one chance in the net, surely. Well, that, that's the general plan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a simple game <laughs> football, actually, well, it, isn't it, it, Jim? It is. I mean, yeah. we, we always used to argue. I mean, we've had... No, You've heard the lads who've been here before, and we've all talked about the team talks we used to have, and oh, a load of crap really coming up. <laughs> at, the end, at the end of the day, there's only one way you can win a game, and that's by scoring more goals than the, the opposition. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's just simple logic, isn't it? Yeah. And and what um, talking from a a goal scorer's point of view and I think this is something that may be needed to be addressed in the, in the game today is whether or not players who are identified as goal scorers are actually committed enough to scoring goals mm. because to, to score goals you've got to miss them and I'm not and I'm, no, I'm seriously not painting myself up here, but you've got to have the bottle to miss them. Yeah. You've got to have the yeah. courage to risk. miss them. Risk, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it's no good going on the field, seeing a 50-50 chance and thinking, oh, no, sod that, I won't. <laughs> I'll, got, I'll pass got. it. You've got to go for it. So you've got to be prepared to miss them. You've got to be prepared to have you lot going, you. Yeah, you're fucking <laughs> yeah. And you've got to be prepared to all that. So a goal scorer, first and foremost, has got to have a lot of bottle, a lot of mental toughness to accept that he's going to miss more goals than he ever scores. And, and that's true. I mean, my career is I scored a lot of goals, but I missed more. Yeah. Many more. And, and it, I'm not sure whether there's enough players in that role that are committed enough to that's do good, that now. That's a good point, now, isn't it? Um, a, a lot of people have been saying on our you know, Facebook, Twitter and whatever, um, Pochettino, our manager, came out this week, well, after the Palace game and said, we're tired, you know, we played three games in a week, you know, we're tired. 
you played how many games a week on you know I mean it's, well we used do, to do you buy that no don't buy that at all uh, Christ I mean you know when a player says he's tired I, I don't know yeah, well, what he means by that I mean we we used to have Bill Nick used to occasionally organise friendlies you know against Wembley Dulwich Hamlet anybody who who was around at the time who needed a few bob coming through the gates to keep them going and we all volunteered to play that was it we wanted to play we were prepared to play play every day it wasn't a problem and the thought of being tired I, I, I don't recall no, any sick. player ever saying he was tired I'm sorry no. It's a lame, a lame excuse, really, isn't it, mate? Actually, it's a lame excuse, isn't it? Really. Well, it's a very. You want to play, don't you? You want to play. That's what makes you know. Yeah. When you're playing, you're not tired, are you? It's, that gives you the you know. Well, it is a lame excuse, and I mean, I've seen players. Uh, yeah, I'm going back to the old days now, when you yeah. know we used to. There were no substitutes. You used to get injured, and you'd hobble into training. And old Cecil Point and the trainer would say, right, run 20 yards, and you'd run 20 yards and collapse. And he'd, <laughs> he'd say, well, you're fit. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and, uh, and he'd say, you'll run it off anyway. <laughs> so, you know, no, that's great. I've seen players get on the field like that, you know, that's it. But it, it doesn't, again, it, it, it goes back to commitment, really. It goes back to. I, I don't know what they're putting in you, players' um, minds. You, you lived to score goals, didn't you? Presumably, when you were growing up as a kid, that that for you, that was that was it. scoring goals was was it? It must must have been, you know. It it, it was Phil when when I was a school when boy, you were a real I, kid, I was you know, a very real. yeah natural goal scorer. But at the same time, it became a bit more important than that. Oh, when when, yeah. when I joined Chelsea uh, from school. Um, well, yeah. Is it, mean, is it you, living? You can, <laughs> no, nobody booed them then because everyone used to get three points off of them. Things are a bit different. That was after now. Dra- yeah. Drake's, Drake's Ducklings, wasn't it? That was after that. Wasn't but again, it, really? it means taking on a responsibility. In the end, you say, right, you're, you're nominated, you're the goal scorer. You know, I played, you've had Gilly here. Um, you know, Gilly and I used to Jim. work the front, yeah, you, and we used to say, "Right, it's our response. It's not our responsibility to chase back and tackle. Uh, that's the midfield's responsibility. Our responsibility is to score goals. And if you don't take that responsibility on, you're never going to do it." You're, you're, but you were 17 years old, and you were on that pitch. I mean, did you get kicked up in the air when you first? Uh, did you yeah. get the treatment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what yeah. did you do? Just kind of... Uh, well, you got kicked, kicked up in the air, kicked didn't up you? In the air you And you, they scored three goals. You picked and yourself up and, and away you went again. I mean... Uh, That's again, young, man. The, the game was a lot more physical then. Oh, yeah. Of course, a lot more You wouldn't physical. get away with it now, would you? I mean, no, you, you, no, no, no. No, you couldn't... Uh, you know, imagine playing against the late Chopper Harris or somebody like that. Yes, but, yes. Uh, Jim, no, no, he's not dead. He just used to tackle <laughs> 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 but, uh, 
Jim, didn't you? I, isn't it right that uh, Billy Bremner once kicked you in the tunnel before Billy you did... Bremner did kick me in the tunnel, <laughs> yeah. Great. As we were running out, and he kicked me, I said, what did you do that for? He went, I felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> <coughs> trying yeah, to scare no, you obviously I was talking to Paul Reaney the other week uh, he was driving Jackie Charlton down to a signing session that was that and Paul said we used to laugh at you you ate more turf at Leeds than any other oh no, did you were you on the deck a lot but you, know, but you accepted that's what you've got to do <laughs> they were a physical you know, team weren't they as yeah, well like they Leeds were there. very physical yeah. so let's um, yeah. sort of go through your sort of career I mean before you went to Chelsea, I heard in sort of 1954, you could have actually joined Tottenham. Did Tottenham had a look at you before you went to Chelsea? Um, it was a sort of... Uh, there were there was three clubs interested, West Ham, Spurs and Chelsea. But of the three, uh, not the Arsenal. Really? Um, they didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but of the three, it, it was only Chelsea, really, that showed all the interest. Um, uh, uh, and um, that was it. I joined them. It, it wasn't. They they had a they had a good youth policy then, Mike, and mm. um, it it worked. It worked. And they won the league yeah. title, wasn't they? A couple of years before, yeah, didn't they? The, they, the year the young I side, the year it? fifty-five, no, isn't it? Now the year I joined them, they'd won the league title with a very old side, actually. <laughs> and us youngsters came in afterwards. Ah, right. Drake Stucklins, we were called. Oh, you were called Drake Stucklins, that's yeah, right. Yeah, we were yes. Drake Stucklins yes. after Ted Drake. Is there any truth in that? You, you, you used to pass the ball into the net beautifully, I might add. Did, did that... I heard somewhere, it's probably wrong, I'd like to think it was true, you developed that because you had holes in the front of your boots. Is, that, is there any truth in that? Are the boots you had when you were a kid or at some point you used to side foot it? No. <laughs> God, say it's true. Jimmy, say it's true. Same. <laughs> it's bollocks, isn't it? Look, it is. <laughs> there are things they say. You've got to measure the fact that the goal is eight foot by eight yards or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yards, yeah. <laughs> I never, never ever knew, really. <laughs> yeah, you knew where it was, didn't you, though? But yeah. there was a line there, and all, the, all you had to do was get the ball over the line. You didn't oh, is that what it is? And then if you do it. that more often than the other exactly. men... You is. win the football game. Yeah. No, that's what it's all about. I know. So, yeah. after Chelsea and your very, very brief time in Milan... How did Spurs come for you? I mean, obviously, Bill Nick, did he, did he come out to Milan and see you? How, how did you sort of first get the nod that, you know what, Spurs, Spurs want you now? Um, well, pretty much Bill came out and signed me. That was it. Um, from, from Milan. Weren't che- I, but didn't Chelsea put a bid in as well? Though, well, Chelsea time? had put in some sort of Mickey Mouse bid, I think, <laughs> to, to sort of placate the fans that I was going to go back there. Right. But it didn't really happen, and I always wanted to go to Tottenham anyway, so they, it was a done deal. Yeah, because really. they'd won the, du- they'd yeah. won the double, yeah. and you'll think, oh, I'll have yeah, some it, of that. It, it was a done deal. No, it wasn't that. It was just that um, I felt that going to Milan, there had to be a reason for it, and it wasn't to go back to Chelsea, it was to go to Tottenham, mm. which I did. Mm. Uh, and that's it. it, it um, what was it like, you know, you walked into that dressing room from a team that just won the double... You know, you were, quite, you were a young man at that time. Was it quite intimidating at all? It, you think, it was very intimidating because I'd had a great deal of bad publicity over the Milan affair. 
about being a spoilt brat and this, that, the other, which I might have been, I don't know. Um, but I remember going into the dressing room for the first time and all the lads were there and they were all starting to get changed to go training. And Johnny Smith, he was a reserve team player. He'd come from West Ham, John. And uh, he'd played for England schoolboys, etc. But And at the top of his voice, he went, Here she is. I thought, <laughs> 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 oh, here we go, you know. Uh, there's some work got to be done here. And... And there was, because to be fair, you were looking at, the, as I said, the greatest team you'll ever see. I don't, anyone see the double win inside in those early not years? Not yeah, seen play. Have no. you seen better football? Have not you seen like... a worse pitch? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and tip, <laughs> too narrow, yeah. Why do, why do you think... We failed to win the league back-to-back, actually, then the following season. We were close, weren't we? I don't know. We should have done. Yes. I mean, we should have... Ipswich Town won it. Uh, we, we should have won it. In 62, uh, this let is. it slip in 62, yeah. I, I, I think we were underachievers anyway. After <laughs> the... Uh, after the team broke up and, you know, Danny got injured and left, we lost... 64. Dear John, John White. Um, one or two of the other lads creaked a bit and uh, we started getting new players in and Bill didn't get such a bad side around him and I think the mid to late 60s we underachieved we won the cup in 67 but to me we were good enough to win the league then but we didn't we were third I think yeah Yeah, we were third weren't we no because when you look at the side we we should have done we should have won it but that first season obviously your first season at Spurs we, you know, you won an FA Cup final medal. Very, very close to getting to the European Cup final. Obviously, that a lot of people here were at that Benfica game. Does that? Do those two legs still still rankle with you? I mean, to a lot of fans, yeah, here, they, they yeah. still go. It's the greatest game yeah. they ever saw. White Hart Lane, that second leg. Yeah, they so do, Mike. Because I tell you, we were refereed out of it. So, I don't care. You know, I mean, he can sue me if he wants the referee. <laughs> He'll have a job, but he's <laughs> got, got to dig himself out to start with. <laughs> but, uh, <coughs> but, um, no, I mean, there was no question. Over, over there was where we what? were refereed. I, I got the ball, beat two men and scored. Went that way, that way, and pushed it past the keeper into the back of the net. And he gave offside. <laughs> And you, yeah, and you wouldn't get away with it now because the television cameras would have been of course. there and everything. And, and then, of course, the, the home leg, we scored first. I scored, Bobby Smith flicked it on. I ran between the two players, hammered it in, and the linesman gave offside. So oh. immediately we would, we, went, we would have gone into a, a one-goal plus. Yeah. Instead of that, we were still in Very deficit, you know? And that no, close. that was it, it was bad. It, it, and that it, side uh, could have won the European Cup. Or, oh, we, I ob- think obviously, did, had we beaten Benfica, I think we'd have won it. It was yeah, the best definitely. team in Europe, almost certainly, wasn't it? Yeah, but I, all, I think. When something like that happens, do you do you think at the end of that, when all the players are sitting in the dressing room thinking we've been cheated, do you think 
these officials are idiots, or do you think these officials have been bunged? Bunged. Bunged, yeah. No question about it. Yeah? In my opinion, yeah. uh, I, I think there was some funny business yeah. went on then. It can't, can't now yeah. because, you know, it, yeah. the game's under too close a scrutiny. But uh, I think then some, something fishy went yeah. on, definitely. Mm. Yeah, but there you go. I mean, maybe it didn't, but uh, I was certainly convinced that it was. Mm. did. Well, yeah. Jim, I mean, the following yeah. season there was something special again, and we, we became the first British team to lift a major European trophy, yeah. mm. and you personally scoring and, and still keeping the record of most league goals for Spurs mm. in one season. 37. That's a lot there. That's not bad, that, is it? Yeah. Very close to Soldado. <laughs> no, I wish he were. No, yeah. Um, why did everything click that year, do you think, with that side, the 63? Well, side? we clicked the year good. before. I mean, we were due to, I think, win the, the European Cup the year yeah. before. Yeah. And as I say, I think we got done out of it in the semi-final. So we went into the Cup Winners' Cup with exactly the same team, really. Yeah. And, and we played superbly throughout the tournament. Uh, you know, and, and, yeah, I got a couple in the final. Terry Dyson. Well, yes, it, of course, it was Terry. his night, wasn't it? Well, oh, it, it, was. it was his game, wasn't it? Terry's the night. Greatest. I always remember, <laughs> you, you know, you get silly things happen now, players all jumping up and down. We didn't. You'd come in and you'd light a fag up and, <laughs> and sit there with a, with a bottle you, you of beer. That, and, 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 you know, Terry was giving it the big one to somebody. And, and Bobby Smith, Smith, he said, Dyson, <laughs> he said, I'd retire if I was you. <laughs> <laughs> Because you would never have a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that must have been a great night, actually. Uh, a good yeah, it was, it was a good night. Side. Yeah. In, in the game against uh, Belgrade, OEK Belgrade, you famously yeah. got sent off. Got sent off, yeah. For the first time in your career. Yeah. Um, talk us through that and, and the, the conversation well, I heard you had with Cecil Poynton when you, when you walked back into the dressing room. Because you were, because you were, you were the first Spurs player apparently to be sent off. I was since 1928. That's right. <laughs> so he told you. That's <laughs> well done, Jim. That's great. I, great. Yeah, but I got sent off because of Bobby Smith again. <laughs> I mean, he, him and the centre half were having a right go at each other, and Smithy walloped. He did. He he gave him. He gave him the old elbow and, and the, the centre-half went down, to which the referee saw, which is fair enough. So the referees come over and they're sorting it all out and this, the guy who was marking me had a little kick at me and I had a little go back <laughs> at him and the referee looked at the size of Smithy and looked at the size of me... <laughs> <laughs> he came, came over and sent me off. That was it. <laughs> and I, I, I marched down the tunnel and uh, to the cheers of uh, yeah, OFK Belgrade, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, very, very nice place. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, but that, uh, that's what happened there. Um, 
Was that the only time you were sent off? That was the only time. Now I've been sent off. (laughs) But apparently Poynton gave you the sort of really gave you the speech that no Spurs player. How do you disgrace this club? No Spurs player since 1920 has been sent off. Yeah, and you and you said to how do you know that? He goes, I was the one who was sent off. It was Cecil. (laughs) Oh no, I've been sent off a few times. I mean, in in latter years, I I got sent off for Barnet and. against Chelmsford City and refused to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the referee abandoned the game. <laughs> no. That right? Oh, that's nice. very popular. Yeah, lovely. I was that's... very, very popular. It was a cold light, night like tonight. You can imagine what the crowd was saying. <laughs> they done me three, three games for that. EFA. It's good of them. <laughs> The, um, the following season, as you mentioned before, sort of began to see the breakup of that double side. Yeah. Um, very briefly, what was your take on those great players? What do you think they all brought to the team, in your opinion? Especially Bobby Smith, who was your first striking partner. Well, Bobby was my first striking partner. striking partner, and I'd played for England with him as well, of course. Um, but everybody bought something uh, individual. You know, you had your two fullbacks who... I mean, Peter Baker had been around a long time. I mean, Peter was playing... I remember going to Tottenham as a schoolboy, playing hooky one Wednesday, and he was playing full-back then. And I was still at school. Uh, <laughs> and then Ron Henry, of course, Bill, Bill Brown in goal. Bill was a great shot-stopper. Oh, yeah. uh, brilliant. Um, Big Morris, as you know, Big Morris Norman was, was, was what he was. Danny Blanchflower was, was an incredible guy. He was the most, one of the most intelligent men you've ever met in your life. And, and basically he guided the club and the players uh, along with Bill, to, to be fair. But he, he had a lot of input, Danny. How Dave, how Dave Mackay, greatest player to play for Tottenham. We have, yeah. Personally. Yeah. Um, Cliffy Jones, you know, Welsh, but other than John John White, John was a great player. We all know John was a great player. Bobby Smith, then myself, and and then little Terry Dyson, who who used to get through a tremendous amount of work. He was was a bit underrated, Terry. Yeah, yeah. Good player. And you used to get plenty of service, though, didn't you, obviously? Oh, yeah. those players. You, yeah, you where did. Where you uh, wanted it. Where you wanted yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Smith, Smith he had a, um, more skill than he was given credit yeah, for. Yeah, meant to be a battling He was a big round, battling, yeah. bruising player, which he was. But he, he had a deft touch. Yeah. Uh, he was a good player, Bob. Um, After that, well, then, you know, you go on to your partnership with Gilly. Well, right? yeah, I mean, obviously, after that... Um, we had him on uh, this time last year Alan Gilzine who did our event was a, a lovely man and I know a lot of people who are here it was a, a joy to, to meet him and see him how did you or him sort of after Bobby Smith did you have to adjust your style at all or something the G-men or something Gilzine's coming no, very different I, to Bobby Smith it was quite interesting um, uh, Alan came on the scene played at centre forward um, it, something happens I, I don't know whether you find this in other walks of life where 
you know, you, you, you're working with somebody and, and everything gels. They seem to know what you want to do and you read each other's minds. And, and that's what happened to Alan and, and myself. Um, you know, we immediately, almost immediately understood each other's needs. And we then, accordingly, played that way. So that I knew exactly what to expect from him and he knew exactly what to expect from me. It was a natural phenomenon. It wasn't worked at. It, um, it didn't come about through hard work. Oh, Jesus, not with Gillian myself. <laughs> um, Perish the thought, mate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Gilly. Gilly was well, brilliant. Where does he, he stand, used to, actually? He, really, used to be, he never used to stand. Yeah, I know, really. occasionally. <laughs> he used to lay on the bench on Monday. He used to lay on the treatment table on Monday and pass a fitness test on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Not the hardest and, trainer. Not oh, the hardest. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, that was it. It, it. it was one of those things that happened. And, and I think Bill, to a degree, Bill Nick, was... was was lucky in some ways. I mean, he saw qualities in players. Yeah. But I don't think there's... There's one thing you, you can't do 100%, Mike. You can't 100% guarantee as a manager that the team's going to gel. For one reason or another, they might all be great yeah. players, but it's not going to work. But Bill got lucky, I think. And, you know... Hasn't quite happened. The rest scene, is really. history. And, yeah, uh, who knows, this side well, might do the same. <laughs> <laughs> they might. Don't laugh. They might. Yeah. Uh, not, by 1966, Bill Nick had added Mullery, Knowles, Jennings, England and Venables to the side. Um, that particular team, looking back on that, that side, how good in well, your opinion? That's what you I'm saying. I think, I think we yeah. underachieved, definitely. I think we should have given the fans at least one league title out of that, that team. I really do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Pat Jennings... <laughs> I've never seen a better goalkeeper than Pat Jennings. I haven't. You know. Yeah. I mean, I've played... I, I, no, yeah, I mean, I've played with two great goalkeepers, Pat Jennings and Gordon Banks. And you can't put a fag paper between either of them. I wouldn't like to say who was the greatest goalkeeper, and I won't ever say it, but Pat Jennings was a phenomenal goalkeeper. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the side, Nolsey was a great fullback, you know, Cyril. Cyril, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Bombing up the wing. Yeah. So he's a brilliant, brilliant fullback, Cyril. And, you know, you look at that side, and we, I just think we, we fouled... Uh, to really not win, win, win the league. We, we won the FA Cup famously, of course. We won the FA the Cup. The Cockney yeah. Cup final, as they yeah. like to call it. Yeah, uh, against Chelsea. Yeah. Against Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, did you have fun that day, Jim? Pardon? <laughs> did you have fun that day? Did you oh, get marked by Ron Harris? Kicked shit out of me, Chopper, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did, didn't he? He did, yeah. He absolutely yeah. did. Yeah. Kind of yeah. stopped you, really, didn't he? That day was it? Or he, was it, um, it no, he was all right. I mean, Wembley's quite a good pitch to lose players on, actually. Yeah, yeah, nice it's quite, yeah, it's quite, quite a nice, um, quite a nice pitch to play on. But G- Jim, it's interesting you say that that team underachieved and should have delivered the title. Why does it? Why does a team underachieve? What, what oh, would you put it down well, to? Was it just I bad luck, know. or 
Um, I don't know. I've looked hard at it over the years, and I think maybe one or two players thought they were a bit better than they were. Right. And maybe didn't put in as right. 100%. Um, no names, no patrio, obviously, but um, I just think that had everybody put the effort in, we'd have done better. So that that's a recurring, timeless theme through football, isn't it? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. we look at it's one of the things that that sounds familiar from you know looking at the Tottenham, well, recent Tottenham teams, yeah. and dare I say, it, even the current one. Well, it's it's familiar with a lot of teams yeah. when you look at it. Uh, a lot of teams, current teams at the moment. I watch them play and I think, what are you doing? You know, you're not, you're not bothered or you don't look as though yeah. you're bothered, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Also, what I thought was interesting what you said about that, to be a goal scorer, you've got to be prepared to fail, which is almost yeah. like, that's a bit of life advice, isn't it? In order to succeed, you must be prepared to fail. You must, you must be prepared for that. Yeah. And a lot of, our, uh, you know, players... Current Tottenham players, there's play been this fear, thing about... Don't they? They yeah, and they, but they've yeah. also said it's, it's not fair when we play at home. The crowd... They don't support us enough. They don't make enough noise. There's, only one, way, there's only one way you can silence a crowd or get them on your side. Yeah. And that's to either, if you're a goal scorer, a scorer, or if you're a good player, play well. Yeah. All, 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 the, all you people who are Spurs fans, would, wouldn't you love to see a decent side? Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course you would. And who, who won? And I've never understood. I mean, to give Bill credit, he, he, he did used to say that. He, he used to say, you know, there's 60,000 out there and they've all paid money to come and see you. Uh, get out there and don't let them down, you know? Mm. And that was one of his, uh, yeah. his idiots, really. He, he did used to say that. Um, and I, I think it, it is, it is, it was. It was a responsibility. And it still is a responsibility. The responsibility to play for your crowd. Mm. That's it. Mm. Yeah. The, year we, the year we won the cup, Jim, against Chelsea, was the, you know, swinging 60s, Kings Road and everything... Was the rivalry then against Chelsea as big as it was now between the players nah, and the fans? No, no, no. No, I mean, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea have become a, a, a big club and we all know the reason why. Um, but I, I don't think um, for any particular reason that there was any real... No, nah, I don't think there was any real, real rivalry. I mean, this rivalry business... Um, I don't think it ever, when, I, when we were playing, I don't think it ever, ever rubbed off on the players like it did the fans. Not even against Arsenal Not even against Man Arsenal, no, no. Or Man United, no, it didn't. I think the players respected each other for who they were and what they'd achieved or what they hadn't done. And um, you acted accordingly. But I think the rivalry was with the supporters, and that's probably how it should be anyway. Because it, the minute you start getting a revive uh, a rival situation, you start getting emotional. And really, the one thing a professional at any business should never do is get emotional. Yeah, that's true. The, the following season, after we won the cup, I mean, in your fantastic autobiography. 
you said you, you, you thought you had a bit of a, I mean, you still score, but you, you thought you had a bit of a dip in form. Why, why do you think that was? A bit of a dip. A dip, bit of a dip, you said. In form? Mm. Um, what was that during kicking in against Pat Jennings or what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I... Yeah, I couldn't... I suppose I got to a stage where... I, and I actually was going to do a piece for the people on this, because I write for the people. I know nobody reads it down <laughs> south. But, um, and it, it was basically on Steve Gerrard. I think there comes a time in a player's life when he needs a bit of help. And all the players in the dressing room are looking to that player... Uh, because they've looked at him for so long, they keep expecting him to do it, which you can't do. And there are times when really they should be thinking, come on, we've got to go and give him a bit of a helping hand. And I, I don't think that often happens. Um, you know, really outstanding players are relied upon. They, they're not reliant on others. But there are times when I think... They could do with a bit of help, um, yeah. and it don't come. Do you think it's just the players and even even the club people who run the club, managers, coaches, <coughs> chairman? Do you think sometimes I'm not talking about yourself, but in general, a player needs an arm around them, or you know, have, have a have a couple of games, couple of weeks off, that kind of thing. It depends. Um, it depends on the player. I mean, I didn't want Bill Nick's arm around me. <laughs> um, it might have been one or two of the lads that would have enjoyed it, but um, <coughs> but um, no, I mean it does depend on the player. You, some players like a bit of encouragement; others don't need it. Um, it, it. It depends on the character of the person. I mean, one of the great successes of being a manager is knowing your players, getting to know your players and getting to know their strengths and their weaknesses. At the end of the day, you're a manager of a football club. You're putting 11 players out onto a field this week in a premiership. If you don't know whether they can play football or not, you shouldn't be the manager. What you've got to do is pick the side that you think is best to get on with each other so that they can achieve a result. That, that's it. And, and really, that isn't always about football knowledge. It's about the knowledge of personnel. It's about the knowledge of the people who work for you. Is that what Bill had? Is that was Bill's secret, is that he knew about people as much as he knew about football? Bill, I think Bill knew quite a lot. Uh, uh, about his players, he never, he never, never actually said a lot, Bill. In many ways, you know, he, he, he didn't. You know, I mean, yeah, he, he wasn't particularly humorous guy either. Uh, in Yorkshire, D Dower, uh, Scarborough, Dower. I mean, the last time the sun shone there was. Uh, in fact, I've only known him numerous once, and that was when we... And it, it was this actually true story. We were playing in Bulgaria, and we didn't kick off till 10 o'clock at night, so it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. We got back to uh, the hotel in the coach, 
And suddenly, from nowhere, Bulgaria then was behind the Iron Curtain. All the ladies of the night <laughs> came running up to the coach, chanting, super sex, super sex. <laughs> and Bill said, I'll have the soup. <laughs> and, um, <coughs> uh, <coughs> so, <coughs> is that true? So got, uh, yeah, 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 you're making that up, mate. That is the, it's great anyway. It don't matter. Uh, I don't know. Where do you go from? Where do you go from? I mean, it's very really difficult to remember all these things, you know. I mean, I don't know how I got here today. <laughs> Following season, sort of 68, 69, you were 29 years old. Again, you became the first division leading scorer with 36 goals that season. Wow. Unbelievable. And that was with a new side. That was with Perriman now in the first team, Bill, Ray Evans, Johnny Pratt. Um, (laughs) Unbelievable. And then it sort of, then all of a sudden, nothing to do with you. We all know as Spurs fans going week in, week out now, we had a couple of really disastrous results. Sunderland, who couldn't get a win, beat us. And then we, we lost to Palace in the Cup. And, and then you, then all of a sudden, after scoring these goals, you were just... Bill Nitt just left you out the side. How, how did you cope with that? I mean, that must have been quite a... I'm after being, you know, well, you, top dog for all <coughs> those years, all of a sudden you're just not playing. That's right. Um, well, that was it. I, uh, I mean... F- Sometimes footballers, uh, sometimes managers say, I'm resting you. They're not, they're liars. They're dropping you. They're dropping you. They don't rest a good player, do they? They don't rest someone in form. They drop you. That's it. Um, and I don't know why. I mean, he lost his rag. He dropped Gilly. He dropped several other players as well. Um, he'd lost his rag because we'd got beaten in the cup by Crystal Palace. Bearing in mind, they were in the first division as well, yeah. so there weren't any yeah. mugs. Yeah. Um, but that was it. I never got back after that. That was, that was the last game. I mean, mm. I mean, you know, it's what, 44 years on, you must have sort of thought about it. Do you <laughs> think at the time, a few times... Just a few. Do you think, <laughs> do you, think you were treated... Not just by Bill Nick and Club. Do you think you were treated badly then, or do you think looking back you might have sort of done things differently? Because right. you, were, well, you were under contract, <clears throat> weren't you? I can, you could have stayed where you were if you wanted to. I, I can only relate it as I see it. I wish Bill was here now to give his version, and I really do, because I respect the man deeply. But I was at home, the phone rang, I picked the phone up, and it was Bill. I said, uh, yeah. He said, I've got Martin Peters in my office. I want to sign him. I want you to go over to West Ham and Empire Exchange. So I said, well, a bit sudden, Bill, this, that, the other. He said, we no longer want you at the club. Your services are not required. Uh, 
and that's it. That's the truth. So I said, well, I was even thinking of the club then, really, because I thought if that's what the club want, I better do it. I wasn't thinking clearly. So anyway, the inevitable happened. The, the following day, I went into White Hart Lane to pick up my boots and say goodbye to all the lads and everything. And there wasn't a soul there. He'd taken them all down to Chesham to train. And the only person who was there was Johnny Wallace, who was the third team trainer, who had my boots. He said, now, there's your boots. And I thought that was a bit harsh. I thought that was a little bit, little bit nasty to take everybody down without me having to say goodbye. And, and that was it. I walked out of Tottenham. There wasn't a, a soul there. And, and that was the end of the story. And believe me, I, I did not want to leave Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, never even occurred to me. That, that, yeah. Did you ever... Um Years on, did you ever get a chance to speak to Bill or anyone else catch the club to go, look, no. this is what was going on behind the scenes? Or I, I think he had the ear of a couple of players, maybe. Certainly Eddie Bailey, who didn't sort of like me very much. Um, don't know why. Don't like anyone, did he, Eddie? No, Eddie no, didn't no, really like everyone, anybody. Did he, apparently, Jim, I don't know. Um, and that, that was it. It was a very, very that sad day. You. I mean, you know, I was very sad. Yeah. Heartbroken, yeah. and also, yeah. yes. Please. I wish I could. Yes, mate. I wish I could put. I wish if I could put the black, the clock back, to any day in my life, it would be that day. And I'd just say to Bill, Bill, we'll think this through on another day. And I'd have probably stayed at Tottenham and got my place back, because there weren't really anybody else there to take it away from me. Um, and things might have returned as normal, but they never did. And that was the sadness of it all, really. And yet, Jim, he treated you very badly there, considering you're the greatest goal scorer well, in the history of Tottenham Hotspur. I, I think, in, in all honesty, they, he treated... The, the, when I look back at that team, a lot of them were badly treated. Yeah. I mean, you know, Cliffy Jones... Yeah, got Pat Jennings. Pat, 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 Pat was Mickey Hazard was top yeah. sold. Didn't Mickey, want to go to yeah. Chelsea. But you know, Pat, you know what's interesting is with Bill is that he. I mean that that's that's very shabby treatment because, like you say, first of all he phones up and says yeah, you're yeah. off, but then the next day he takes yeah, a player, yeah. and yet everybody still you still say to this day that you, you had nothing but respect no, and admiration for him. Yeah, yeah. I so, don't know what. Um, I don't know what was in his mind, but, I mean, that team was decimated and he, he did a lot of... He was very tough in getting... Yeah, he was ruthless. It was about team, wasn't it? It was about the he was, about he was ruthless. There was no question about that. That's why he that. achieved what he achieved. And so you never bore a grudge because you knew it wasn't personal. It's just how he was, right? I don't know. I'm be perfectly honest, I don't know whether it was personal or not. But you didn't bear a grudge anyway. But, I mean, because um, you, you... No, I, I didn't bear... A, I mean, at the end of the day, we all carried on and and, and uh, I went to West Ham. My heart wasn't truly in it. For which I apologise 
to West Ham supporters. <coughs> um, I well, no, we, no, but we, you know, we can forgive you. I think. I mean, I was still a. Yeah. You know, it's very difficult because they knew I was still a Tottenham player, really, and I don't know how it felt for Martin Peters. Um, because he's still always recognised as a West Ham player, really. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, but... Um, you, um, you, there was Cluffy. a chance that going to... Brian Clough... Um, yeah, Brian. You uh, yeah, it was too late, though. Cluffy... I'd already signed for West Ham when Cluffy rang. And he, you know... Hey! <laughs> hey, come up here, lad. Yeah, can you uh, We'll look after you. Don't worry. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was too late. Because I played with Cluffy for England. Yeah. So I knew Brian. And uh, I, I, I knew Brian very well indeed. You, know. you played with him, didn't you? With him, you played yeah. with him, yeah. And, he was and did he have Dave Mackay with him at that point as well? Uh, yeah. 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 Just so you could have gone Dave, back and played with Dave. Dave yeah. And, yeah. Well, of course, that, that, that was the turning point of Bill Nick's um, uh, yeah. <laughs> way of looking at things. Because he thought he'd have Dave Mackay off to Hearts. Yeah. Um, which it was nice and convenient for yeah. Bill. Suddenly he winds up captain of Derby County of the championship winners the yeah. following year. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, did upset the apple cart a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you came back for Pat Jennings and your own testimony. When oh, yeah. For 46,000 Spurs fans came to pay you yeah. tribute. Um, were, were there talks then about re-signing you? Or no, 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 no. I was never... Right. What was that like, though? I mean, after being Spurs so long, leaving the way you did, coming back and seeing 46, 47,000 well, fans... Because it wasn't organised by the club. Yeah, I know, it was oh, Morris Kesson, I mean, yeah, so I wanted a few others. Pardon? Morris Kesson and a few others, I think. Yeah, Morris was one. Morris was one, and, uh, and that was organised by mm. fans of the club and... And uh, that was, it was a great night, obviously. It was a super night. And very, very flattering, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Very flattering. But, uh, you know, looking back, um, you just think that things could have been different. It could have been a different ending. And I often look back and think, you know... Yeah. Whether there was another 50 or 60 goals there well, I think somewhere you would have been over astray, 300, you know? mate, surely, no, yeah. Who knows, why not? Who knows? Um, this, uh, I probably need to say that, Mike, actually, there, the, the, this, What's that? the show. The no, show. but I mean, I mean just, just, sort of, just to sort of carry on, what? really. After sort of, you know, your very successful TV media career, which is obviously much longer than the time you actually spent at Spurs. I mean, you look at the, the hindsight. It was fair. I, was, but, I was in television yeah, longer than far, I was a footballer. Longer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I, I don't think you get as many people being Sporting Triangle fans in one room no, but as Spurs yeah. fans, but, you know, yeah, I, I enjoyed the show. Um, looking back, though... Oh, you the, you were of, the one, were I was the one, <laughs> exactly. Mm. Looking back now, do you sort of think... Mm. What, what's the club mean to you now? The supporters... I mean, you know, obviously the people who run the club now weren't there when you were there. No. How do you feel about Tottenham with everything you've been through with that club? Um, <laughs> very difficult, really. Um, I'm, I've sort of moved away from football in general. And I've got to be honest, I, I'm, I'm, I don't 
support Tottenham. I don't. I don't support. I mean, I think it would be a sin if I said I don't support Tottenham, but I support the Arsenal, um, because that's not the case. I, I can't stand them, but. Um, Thank God for that. Well, you know, I, I just. I look at Tottenham, I look at the years I was there and I look at a great club and a club that I played for. I don't recognise the current situation. I don't know anything about the management or the people that own it. And um, I don't know whether or not that's... uh, What shall I say? Whether the people that own it are the people that should be owning it. I don't know. Mm. I think a lot of people will agree with you. But Mm. the main thing you see here tonight, I mean... You know, the very fact that so many people show up on a Monday night and Moneyball wanted to come to, to pay tribute to you, 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 you obviously you can see the affection that we, 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 we hold for Absolutely. Thank you. You, you, you did a top. Yeah. You know. Mm. So, so why, why is it that, that you've never... I mean, you've been, when was the last time you went back to the club in, in any kind of media capacity or whatever? It's been well, a while since you've Well, been I did there. a few games when, when I was working in I television see. because we did... Uh, we did a few big match lives at the club. I did um, a, a big book promotion dinner at the club. Um, I used to go back because I wrote for The Sun and worked for The Sun. In fact, that, that's when I picked up my last big football match. I was in the um, car park there and big Laurie McMenemy came over. And he said, you still play? And I said, yeah, occasionally I do a bit for Barnet. He said, I want you to come down and play for Southampton in the week against Vancouver Whitecaps for someone's testimonial. So I did. So I finished up playing for Southampton as well. <laughs> I mean, did you score? No, I missed a penalty. But that's it. Do you ever think about managing at all, or coaching or managing in some capacity? No, no, it was never... There are players, there's two types of players in football. There are the players that look at the game, analyse it, love it for what, what the game is, and they are your coaches <clears throat> and your future of the game. Then there are players like your George Best, your Dennis Laws, uh, players who really loved playing it but didn't want to get involved in anything else and I was one of those players I loved playing football I loved my footballing career Um, but I didn't I always knew that I wouldn't be interested in in doing anything afterwards although having seen the way they move around now and the money they're getting (laughs) (laughs) I might have, might have dropped a bollock there. But... <laughs> <laughs> right. well, there you go. Uh, well, I mean, thank you so much for, for you know, as, as oh, Spurs fans. Pleasure. I know for whatever yeah. reason you haven't been back to the club in a sort of Spurs dinner or whatever they call of whatever it's called, but the very fact you've come out tonight yes. to real Spurs fans. Spurs fans yes. one about yeah, corporate not, dinners not. and business and bringing your company, whatever, the fact you've come out and so yeah, many fans have come well, out to pay At the end of the really day, and I'm, I'm not being... I'm really, seriously, I want you to take this the right way. Um, it's not because I'm here. 
in front of uh, how many? Mm. Uh, I, I don't want them having a. Don't want to. So don't the tax man, one hundred and twenty-five. No, I don't, <laughs> don't want him having a pop. Um, no, I want to be sincere. The game was always about playing it and enjoying it and accepting it for what it was or what it is. And the most important part of that was the supporters and the fans and it. To me, I can't understand anybody playing in the game who don't see that the supporters are the lifeblood of the club. They are the most important people in your life. And that's it. It's been, it's been forgotten, I think, in some areas. been forgotten, maybe. Well, that's right. it. Very, very quickly to wrap this uh, podcast up, and uh, Jim is very kindly, if you very, very quick and very brief, sort of don't bring albums of things to sign, but uh, we'll sort out a, a leisurely queue if you want to have a quick photo and get something signed. Very quickly for listeners, don't forget, games coming up Thursday, Spurs, Besiktas in the uh, Europa League. In the bag. Uh, in the bag. Then Swansea, Swansea away. In the bag. Uh, all our links at spurshow.net. Thank you so much to fanbooks.com, the only social network dedicated to football fans. Sign up. It's a brilliant free predictor competition. Sign up. Uh, Spurs Show's got our own page, bit.ly slash Spurs Fanbooks. Get on that. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us out there. Ladies and gentlemen, please show your appreciation. It's the Jimmy, Jimmy Greaves. This show is brought to you by fanbooks.com, the only social network dedicated to football fans. Sign up now and play our free predictor competition with one and a half grand up for grabs every week. Play against fellow listeners at bit.ly slash Spurs Fanbooks. That's fanbooks spelled F-A-N-B-O-O-K-Z. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.